But that's your problem, Louis. Always has been. You're arrogant. You haven't accepted your place in this world. Welcome to the Blood Suite. I am your afterlife connoisseur, Rain Coleman, and this is Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> Breaking into my home is one thing. Making me drop my attitude. Now that's a new blow. You're here to threaten me, I suppose. You think I have a vendetta against you, against your race? Well, think that if you must. Storyville is the sinking ship. And naturally, you are the first to drown. But that's your problem, Louis. Always has been. You're arrogant. You haven't accepted your place in this world. And your pale lover with this seemingly endless supply of capital. And the weird goings on in your sodomite townhouse won't change the fact that you're a tiny man flying too close to the sun. And that's what I am, Louis. The sun. Walk away. Why is your heart beating so fast? Everything that's been done is legal under the city of New Orleans charter. And again, I'm merely one alderman on that council. There's a harder way of doing this. You're thinking about your wife and your two daughters and how fortunate it is that they're away and you went home. It is fortunate. I'll let you reload. This is episode three. Is my very nature that of the devil? I don't plan on this episode going too long. I just have a few things to get off my chest. And Rice put her whole writer Ussy into this freaking story. And the creative team who have brought this to the life for 2022 did the exact same thing. Let's start off with Louis. He is evil. He is demonic. He is a manipulator. He is a predator. This power dynamic makes him the worst of the worst of the worst. I cannot stand him. I know I went on to this rant last episode, but I'm going to go on it again. You, as someone dating and pursuing someone of a different culture, should never do so and then also get irritated when that person from said culture explains the plights and the issues that is signature to them in that culture. I don't care if you have to hear it every single time something happens. That's their life. That's what they're living through. 
So I still can't get over this library of confusion fucking uh, line that uh, Lestat gave to Louis. Oh, what did he say to you? He said, I did a good job. Well, yeah, to you, that might sound weird, but you're not a black man, Creole black man in New Orleans in 1910, who's raised your entire life knowing and living through the systemic oppression of white supremacy and coming right off of fucking slavery. Like it just, it's so fucking weird to me that this man is so cultured and he's so worldly and has attained this massive wealth and have been around for everywhere and everything forever. And yet somebody who you choose to lay down with and participate in a relationship with can tell you about an issue they're having. I don't give a fuck if it's one time or if it's 27 times and you still are having an issue with it. Um, this, it was a comment um, on a TikTok video that I made recently at the time of this recording. And it was in reference to that particular scene. And I don't know this person. They're a nameless, faceless profile, much like a lot of trolls. And to my critique about Lestat, where I ended it with, you could have just picked a white man, turned him to a vampire, and went on about your merry way. But no, you sought out and you chose a black man and now you're unhappy with the consequences of said action this person mentioned oh well Lestat doesn't like people who whine let me say something right here you listening to this podcast if a person of a marginalized identity explaining what their issue is their very particular issue that they have because of said identity is whining to you Go ahead and delete this. Unsubscribe from this podcast. This sounds fucking insane. What do you mean? Like, uh, but I digress. <clears throat> this episode, Louis really had a wake up call. Louis has been doing well, and these white folks ain't here for it at all. The one man in particular, Alderman Fenwick, um, robust, older white guy. He looks like, he kind of looks like, <laughs> for those of you who are not watching the series, you take Bale's dad from Beauty and the Beast and make him taller. Maybe like 5'11", 5'10", 5'11". But like, or, or even, well, Jasmine's daddy, because Jasmine's daddy and Bale's daddy is the same fucking person, just two different skin tones. But make him taller. That's what he looks like. But he also kind of looks like, an older version of the clock from Beauty and the Beast when he was turned human. <laughs> but he has been a thorn in the side from episode one. And so throughout this show, Louis is grappling with the fact that he does not desire or does not enjoy the desire of human blood. And we open up with him talking to Lestat. They're sitting on a bench at nighttime. He's like, I wonder if we can't drink the blood like if we can't choose our meals a bit differently be a little bit more discreet go after bad people people who are you know evil and whatever and so Lestata's like nigga no the fuck I look like so he's like well no we're hunters and that's what we do we hunt and how would we even go about finding bad people and he's like well we have vampire powers we can read these folks mind like we explained it in the last episode, like, of course we can do this. And Lestat, now I will say, 
And if y'all think I'm gonna repeat this, I will deny it. I don't care if this is recorded. <laughs> I see where Lestat is coming from. Now I don't say I agree, but I see. Now I'm on Team Louis all day, ten toes down. I'm on Team Louis from sun up to sundown. You ain't gonna get me to budge. However, I do see where Lestat is coming from. This is something that we've done as vampires for eons. Why change now? Um, and I only give Lestat that because he has been a vampire for so long and is a, how do I put this? He's, he, like, though I don't like the conversation between him and Louis from last episode, Lestat is very aware of his targets and where they stand in society. Again, this isn't excusing anything, but picking off some, like that, that, um, the guy that they drank who was the like traveling or traveling to get a horse for his daughter. That's one person who he's out of place. If you're going to prey on someone, it makes the most sense. He's a traveler versus like the mayor of the city. So I get that, but I still don't agree with Lestat. I'm still team Louis. Um, and so they have that conversation, but in the midst of this, Lestat is talking about like, Hey, he loves, art and music, music in particular. And Louis tried to appeal to that. He's like, okay, what about all those people who you enjoy, who you read and who you listen to? What if we were to, you know, take out somebody like that? And I was like, eh. <laughs> oh, well, then they're gone. He's so heartless, man. It's hilarious. But I do, I do like, I don't like them together, but I think the two actors have chemistry and I do enjoy watching this show from week to week and knowing that I'm going to hate Lestat no matter what comes out of his mouth. <laughs> so they go back to the club. There is this, the black guy who's playing the piano. I think it was revealed that he was leaving the company, but just hadn't said anything to Louis yet. And so Lestat kind of, emb not embarrassed him. He kind of talked shit to him in this very kind of intimidating way but kind of like playful banter between friends got up there played uh played the piano and then we cut to a scene i don't know if it was the same scene with that white lady and god i'm mad i don't remember her name she was a like a i don't know a jazz singer i don't know whatever she's saying and she appeared and she's important because we get this interesting conversation where Lestat is taking a liking to her and she comes back to the house and her and Lestat are drinking and Louis with his little compact twink bottom self is sitting in the uh in the doorway reading his book looking like a booktuber which let me tell y'all right now if you can't tell Louis hey it's only six degrees of separation between you and anyone else in this world. Well, that's what they said back in the day. So if any of you listening are the six degrees of separation between me and Raleigh Ritchie, me and Louis Lapont Deloc, <laughs> make sure y'all hook that up. Cause I, I need to be in this man's presence. I need to, I need to meet, shake hands, hug, all that good stuff. So, <laughs> so, He's sitting there reading his book, looking really mousy, looking very studious, looking very type A. <laughs> and so the lady says something to the effect of, oh, you do a good job. Let's stop playing the piano. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's like, yes, will I do it for Louis? I do anything for Louis. And she says, I heard that about y'all. 
Like, I got your number, you homosexuals. So they're talking, and he's like, well, what are, Lissa's like, what do they say? What do they say about us? And she was like, well, I'll do you better. I'll ask you a question. Um, what did she say? How many beds are upstairs? Something. <laughs> and Louis is like, no one goes upstairs, Miss Whoever. <laughs> I'm sorry, this thing was so hilarious to me because, like, what are you doing, Louis? Like, I get being on edge because Lestat is so unpredictable, but there's no way she would have made it out of that living room to even touch the stairs to get upstairs, let alone get into your coffin room. Like, he was so... <laughs> this man was so aggressive <laughs> with telling her, you can't go upstairs. And so she was like, oh, I guess that's my answer right there. And I'm not doing the Southern accent, but this woman is hilarious. And again, I have not revisited the movie, so I'm not certain if this character exists or if, uh, assuming she does, if she dies. I hope she doesn't. I hope this woman is around. She is so annoying. <laughs> Bro, she is hilarious. So <laughs> let's stop putting his arm around her waist. And she's like, oh, you're confusing me. I don't know. Did that happen after? Either way, she she had the conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love me some Louis. But this man was so... And, you know, it's not really funny because it almost reminds me of being that young queer kid and rubbing up right against someone or some group of someone's acknowledging your queerness and having to like put up a wall or defend yourselves preemptively to make sure that that information isn't out. And like, I, I, I saw, I, it was so authentic, but the shit was still funny. I'm sorry. Decades later in whatever trauma or stress or anxiety from my own lived in experience, I can laugh at that now. Cause that shit, no one goes upstairs. Like girl, relax. Nobody's going upstairs. So he leaves and goes like to a bar or something and Lestat is he sleeps with the girl and uh Louis meets his uh homeboy from back in the day who's here for the war and you know he can't he's black and he's dark skinned and he can't get in nowhere to get serviced and he finds his way at Louis Club and they speak and catch up and you could tell that these motherfuckers had a little thing going on back in the day. I was like all right, Louis, for a motherfucker that's, I don't know. You, well, I ain't going to go there. But you you got it in. You got it in. And you you had some taste until you got with the stop. But so they they talk. And I, I'm i very much misremembering stream of conscious episode. But Louis is like, when him and Lestat are talking, he's like, oh, did you sleep with her? And he's like, yeah. Uh, he said, what are you? Are you gay? Are you straight? Like, what are you? And so Lestat says, I like variety. And I love this about Lestat because to me, it just makes sense. One, vampires are gay as shit. And then two, you've been around for literal decades. There's no way you're immortal and you ain't slept with the same gender. Like, there's no way. There's no way. I don't care how straight you are. You really, you, whatever. So he's like, yeah, I like variety. And I will say to, I think his name is Sam, the actor who plays Lestat, to his credit. And really, this is to his credit with the whole show, even with my critiques. He has done a good job of giving, to me, he reminds me of like a psychopath or 
something like that. And and I, that's based off of what I've seen in media over the years. And I think he's doing an excellent job because when him and Lestat had that conversation on the balcony about Louis being able to sleep with someone else, Lestat, like there was a pause and then there's something in the way that he acted the rest of that scene where he was like, sure, or yes, like as long as you come home to me, but you could tell, like you, you could just tell that was not true. Like just in his, his smile, his, I don't know, again, all my critiques about Lestat still remain, but I think that Sam, and let me look up this actor to make sure that's his name. I think he has done a really good job with bringing this character to life and doing it in a way that allows me to hate him so much. Because can you imagine if the actor playing either of these roles, but Lestat in particular, was like a terrible actor? Like, can you imagine? Like, how... How fucking terrible would that be? You you already are this shitty person, but you also can't even make it believable. That would be terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. Sam Reed. His name's Sam Reed. So he's like, yeah, no, go ahead and you know sleep with whoever. And so <laughs> Louis is so sweet. He hooks up with the with the old friend. He's like, hey, I got somebody. And the dude's like, what's her name? <laughs> he said, it's not a woman. <laughs> I don't know why that is so funny to me, but they get to talk and he's like, oh, he must be a really good guy or some shit. I don't know. The guy drops to his knees, give him some head. And Louis is, his fangs come out. And because he's so adamant about not drinking human blood, he's been drinking like rats and dogs and shit. And he sucks his own blood. And that's a part of vampire lore, specifically Anne Rice, that I'd like for someone to discuss with me, if you are well-versed. What... I get drinking the blood of the other vampire to like start the transformation. But this desire for blood and like, okay, Louis essentially being a vegan and not drinking on human blood when he does have this sexual encounter with his friend, I think his name is Lamar something. I don't know. But when he has this sexual encounter and like his desire for blood grows, I get all that. But when he drinks from his own blood, is that not like, what does that do? Because I would imagine that that wouldn't really like, how does what purpose does that serve? Because I'm trying to equate it to like being a human and <clears throat> this is about to get real gross. Also, you know, skip forward or hold on for the ride. So if I'm if I desire um, like I need liquid. I need water. And if I am, let's say, out in the desert and haven't had water in a day or two, I would liken it to maybe drinking my own urine. Like, is that because I can't really think of anything. And I know this is fantastical vampire whatever. But if there's a specific reason for this or a specific thing that I'm missing in the lore, I would love for someone to explain it to me or to, you know, point me in the right direction because I can't think of anything else because it wouldn't be like drinking your own spit. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Y'all let me know. Let me know. Um, and then I think my example of the desert and urine and whatnot would probably be the most closely comparable example of Louis drinking his own blood. Right? Because it would essentially quench my thirst with a liquid. It probably wouldn't be. 
it wouldn't be something like I'm <laughs> I'm not filling up jugs of waters with this to like drink them on a daily, but in that specific particular moment of like desperation and no options, a human in urine, would that not be the same as Louis drinking his own blood to keep himself tame so that he doesn't kill his friend or drink from his friend or whatever? Oh, I think that's what it is. So they, <laughs> Louis goes back home and I, Lestat is such a messy bitch. I cannot stand him. So they get home, they get into the coffin room. Lestat's like, <clears throat> and how was your night? <laughs> Punk ass. And so Louis's like, it was good. And, <laughs> and then there's a pause. He was like, you know, he came on to me, you know. And I was like, what are you, Louis? Relax. But the thing is, I liken Louise transformation experience to like becoming a teenager all over again, like going through puberty again. So though he did have some of these traits as a human adult, you've gone through this transformation where you're an entirely different being now. And there is a learning curve. Lestat has been through this decades ago. So he has a, a handle on his abilities. He's a master of his um, particular set of skills. And Louis, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's like a teenager. Like your hormones are all over the place. Your desires are different. Your voice is changing. You're getting facial hair. Maybe your hips are getting wider. Like you're going through this transformation. That's not just that instant overnight transformation from the cemetery in episode one or episode two. You're actually going through like this longer term transformation and also being black and having to grapple with being disconnected from your community fully where you can only see them for half the day. And it's the half that most people are asleep for. And then also trying to hold on to your humanity and your people where it, to me, it makes sense that with Louis being black and any POC, I would imagine being separated from community like that when you were actually helping folks, though you were running this red light district space that's, you know, seedy and not as um, prestigious, you are still providing housing, um, accommodations, uh, pay for people in your community. And people were specifically not given a fair shake and are not... Um, valued in a way that their white counterparts are these women ladies of the night whatever were thriving under him especially when he became a vampire was able to provide a more sustainable and upgraded like living and working situation so i get that in that and so that oh man like that has to be taken a toll and we see that toll this episode when um Alderman Fenwick is pretty much coming for his crown. He's like <clears throat> trying to tear Louis down. He's trying to take advantage of him. And this is another point where I feel like Lestat was like absolutely correct. These men do not respect you. Um, like you said during that card game, he's like, they're they're not valuing you and you like aren't seeing it. But also that goes into Lestat being a white man and not even of a certain age, forget the vampire part of it. Just like you're a white man who, who maneuvers differently in this world 
than this black man. So even if you're saying these things to him and these are things that he understands and believes and knows to be true, there's still a particular way that he has to navigate being a black man in New Orleans in 1910 dealing with business like that. That's a whole nother thing. And in that regard, I think Lestat, not making excuses for him, goes into this where he's the child, he's the teenager, he's the oblivious ass person who's like not paying attention to the racial implications of where, how far Louis has come in business to this day. This day being, I think that was episode one. But whereas Louis has that lived in experience of like, I understand that though you may be right, certain things I just have to deal with or navigate through differently. Whereas on the flip side in this episode is very much Louis being this, um, getting, getting, working through this learning curve of being a vampire, separated from community, folks talking down on you, trying to make a way for not just you and your biological family, but also the family you've created with these working girls. It's, ugh, it's so messy. I love it. I love it. The smartest thing they could have done was to make Louis black. Um, man. Mm, but anyway, so there is, I think this is the episode, all of them running together, y'all. So if it ain't charged to my head and not my heart and I don't know, keep listening. So they go to, is this when they went to the opera? I don't know. Well, whatever. Let's start talking about he's, sad and lonely and whatnot fuck him i don't care uh die mad you evil son of a bitch so there is one portion of the episode that um i okay so louis i think that was this episode going home when louis went home and i'm hoping that was episode three these episodes are truly running together and that has to be a testament to the show because these motherfuckers, these motherfuckers ain't stopping me. These motherfuckers, I don't know, whatever. So, uh, Louis goes home, gives the twins a birthday present, or maybe the little kid. I want to say his sister has three kids, but I think the youngest is like a baby. Oh, yeah, his nephew, whatever. So, he brings a toy, and... His mom is like, you're not welcome here. And he was like, well, it's the home is in my name. I This is my home or something. And Louise's brother-in-law comes out. He's like, now, hold up now. <laughs> you need to back off, sir. Um, and his mom calls the brother-in-law's son. Fucks up Louis. <sighs> I have so much sympathy for Louis. It's not even funny. Like, dude, he could do no wrong. I mean, he can't, but he can do no wrong. He's done no wrong. Um, <clears throat> The twins running from him saying, ah, here comes the ghost. I, I, I guess I get that, you know, because kids are kids, and I'm sure people are talking throughout the city, not just adults, but also children. I don't know how I feel about that fully. I'm not sure. Um, I think they were <clears throat> there to more or less maybe represent Claudia. And I could be wrong. Again, I'm not an Anne Rice stan. I'm new to this fandom, so y'all let me know. But I'm thinking that they were there to like clue the audience into this thing that Louis doesn't have. He doesn't have a, a family in the sense of like nuclear wife, husband, kid, whatever. 
and even children are afraid of him. The weeb kicks in the door to his home like this is an Avengers movie, and I cackled. And his mom was like, there he is. There's the devil. Or I was like, sis, so fucking what? I don't know. Maybe it's like being queer, but like if my child was a vampire, I'd, so fucking what? Like, let's build you a coffin room in the basement so you can stay the night if you want to. Or like whatever. Come in, child. You like, I don't know. I don't know. Y'all let me know. If you had a child, if you had three kids or if you got three kids or whatever, and then the eldest went off on their own to handle business and came back a vampire. Like, would you, would you ban them from your home or would you invite them in? That is <laughs> Louis. Like, and it's not even that it's Louis. And I like that actor in that character. It's just like, I love the, I love the concept of found family, but I absolutely hate the reality that some parents don't want their children. You know, and for things that a lot of times they can't control, you know, so it's like you have no evidence that Louis was out here killing people and hurting folks. You just know that he's changed. And I get the concern with him hanging with this white man and now kind of adapting his um, maybe aesthetic, uh, his mannerisms or whatever. I get that because it's like, where did this come from and who is this man? But like at the same time, sis, relax. This is your child. Like, don't. But, okay, whatever. <laughs> but that shit was funny as fuck. And I was like, damn, now, Louis, you, like, you're alone, truly. Because Lestat manipulating ass watched you in the woods making, having sex with your old flame. And now your family has turned their back against you. Which, you know, from their point of view, maybe it's rightfully so. I'm not going to discredit their experience because i'm sure it's very jarring to see a member of the family come back entirely different and have these superstitions about them that could very well be true but like bro get over it um but then also no no no. to his sister's point his daughter his nieces her daughters were afraid of him so it's like also you do have to protect your children so i mean i get that i get that i'm not even down on the family it's more or less the mother like girl this your fucking kid <clears throat> but when they put up, they, the aldermen and the other white business owners in the town go after Louis and then he finds the loophole to like escape their, I don't know, financial terrorism. And then they find another way because Alderman Fenwick was like, you know, we're going to come after you again. Right. And they do. And, um, Louis puts a only colored sign on his business and the, the thick black lady from episode one and two she was like i'm gonna tell you like this as a minority owner in this business i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna speak for all the girls this is a bad idea <laughs> she was not for that shit and it was and so um they came up with some fucking bullshit where the police then broke the windows in his club talking about the windows broke so you can't do this this is this and that and fenwick old fucking jolly green giant ass over there talking shit pissing off louis and daniel even said he was like make a black man a vampire take everything from him um like beat him down and then see what happens and that was a small portion of his narration but it was it came at the right time the editing the writing however this particular part of the scene came together was done so well and louis was like i was so frustrated and focused on like getting my shit together that I ignored my thirst. And when he said that, another, you know, 
interesting part of editing. I thought he was about to attack the police officer just by the way that was set up. But he showed up at Fenwick's house. Fenwick talking all that cash shit like, yeah, you're mad. I know you're mad, but whatever, you know, you're, you're Negro. You know you can't do he say all that. But he pretty much saying, your black ass got too big for your britches. You can't work in this town again or some shit. Ooh, now that scene that followed. Louis, let me tell y'all something. Let me, let me tell y'all a little bit of my business. I was, I had to rewind that part because I was like, oh, this motherfucker is sexy. <laughs> so Louis is like, I, nigga, you did X, Y, and Z to me. And <laughs> Fenwick pulls out his revolver and points to that. And he, Louis says something about, yeah, your heart beating and, and you're, you're lucky that, and you're thinking that you're lucky that your wife and kids are in your winter home. And you are lucky because such and such, I don't know something. If I find a clip, I'll put it in this episode. But he said, <laughs> the uh, Fenwick shoots him twice. And Louis, he cuts his eyes. He looks down at the bullet hole and he looks back at him. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you reload. <laughs> Fenwick is reloading his revolver. And as he's doing that, Louis swiftly brings his ass to the right side of this man's face chops his ear off it falls right onto these documents where he's loading this bullet stands to the right of him he says you call me arrogant oh my god that shit was so hot he grabs that i think he picks him up by his throat and then slashes his the left side of his face oh my god then he goes back in front of the desk in front of finwick and finwick goes, what are you he says i'm a vampire that shit was so good y'all that was probably my favorite scene in this episode i was like Talk your shit, Louis. Get that motherfucker out of here. And then we have a callback to the beginning of the episode where they talked about like putting people's heads on pikes or some shit. I don't know. Watch it, y'all. But Louis then disembowel. Well, I said disembowel. He chops this man in half and hangs him from the. I want to say is City Hall from the gates of City Hall, and I want to say is a sign that says whites only. Now, I'm going to explain the rest of the scene, but I have an issue with the scene, and I'll discuss that right after. So this is daytime. I'm going to say maybe 8 a.m. And it's so gruesome. And that same woman who was having them lesbian thoughts in episode two, she walks up to the gate and starts screaming. And, you know, then we cut to, you know, whatever. But my, I, I think it was a well-done scene, but my thing was... She was not the only person outside. There were other people walking around. And I understand that even without a cell phone, you can be kind of oblivious to your surroundings if something doesn't immediately stand out to you. But nobody saw this man's corpse hanging from this ceiling. <laughs> nobody. And what was she doing outside? This woman be everywhere. I hope she is. I hope she's in every single episode just like reacting to stuff like it was it's, it's a thin tall white lady with brown hair and again if you go back to episode two when they were reading people thoughts for the first time and she was talking about being a lesbian she's like yes it's not a sin if i lay with a woman because i can't get pregnant that's the same lady i'm convinced that's the same lady that woman is traumatized she's dealing with homosexuality she's fighting dead but she needs to move up out of new <laughs> woman is traumatized oh my god mm. oh my god that is hilarious so uh 
the start of him having a conversation and they're pretty much discussing like you you did this for you he's like and Luis like no I did this for my community and I'll say and again this is something I'm gonna say one time don't y'all ever repeat this I don't care if it's being recorded <laughs> but there was a part in this scene where I really felt for Lestat and I'll I'll explain they're going back and forth they're looking out over the city and I don't remember verbatim, but I know Luis said something to the extent of like they're 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 fucking with me and they're fucking with my community, and I'm trying to save my community or keep them safe. Lestat says something, and I don't think it was anything snarky. I think it was just in his little tone. And Luis was like, "This is the last thing I care about," and it was. And I, I'm not I'm not getting this verbatim. So if you haven't seen it, please watch episode three and watch that episode that that scene but it was truly a slap in Lestat's face like this is the last thing you, like you don't it's that, the show did such a good job where for me somebody who hates Lestat I was like damn so you don't <laughs> what about Lestat like this is about you and your people and I'm not even like centering whiteness in this it's just the fact that this is your partner regardless of what y'all are arguing about and going through I don't like it but you're choosing to be with this man what do you mean <laughs> this is the last thing I think he said the last thing I care about or the last thing I love and I was like damn I don't know how much longer Lestat go put up with this I hate him and I do not want him around but like is this the breaking point but then I remembered I've seen the trailers for other episodes and clearly his old punk ass still going to be here. But I was like, oh, I know that hurt. I know your feelings hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> what happens is these white men, they pretty much could put two or two together. You, you're the, I ain't going to say the only, but as far as the show is concerned, the only black business owner that we've been exposed to. You have an issue with Alderman and Alderman and you publicly kind of go at it. Then we turn around a day later and the Alderman is corpses strung up on the city hall gate with a whites only sign after you just put a colors only sign on your bit. Like, yeah, it's not that hard to put two or two together. Alderman ain't beefing with no other black person or no other person that we know of in this city. It was you. And so they're messing up black businesses and setting them on fire and there's this moment where louis is like having a a like come to jesus but there's this moment where it's like he understands that he's responsible for all of this and he is to blame however in that moment i don't it's kind of strange because he's he stood up for himself and for his girls and his folks at the club and in doing so, you brought hellfire down on your community, and that was never the intention. It was never, I'm about to fuck you up for all of black people in New Orleans. It was your fucking me over and messing up the money and livelihood for my people. So let me take care of you. And this is just a side effect of that. Um, I really hope that Louis is not feeling guilty about this for too long, because again, when you are backed into a corner and now you have some power to take care of yourself, like, what are you to do? Yes, you have to think of your community at large, but this wasn't really about his community at large. It was his community under his um, uh, management. 
And it's unfortunate that everyone else got the brunt of the, the backlash. And I'm glad that he went out to try to help. But this was so fucked up. Like, ugh, the evilness. But anyway, so they set fire to all these buildings. And then Louis hears a girl. And he's like, I know her aunt is dead on this side of the door. And he bursts in. He's like, there she is, my Claudia. Now, again, as someone who has seen the movie years ago as a like child, but have not revisited the movie, I knew from the trailers of the 2022 series there would be a girl. And I knew from looking at some images from the 1994, 1992 movie that there was also a little girl. And I figured it was the same. That's the extent of what I knew. And what I know now to this day as the time of this recording. Um, and I know that we're getting the narration from Louis in the future. But there was something about that scene that was like so disturbing and yet so beautiful. Like after seeing all the shit that Louis has been through in this episode and then hearing him say, there she was, my Claudia. Like that was almost chilling, like enough to, I ain't gonna say bring a tear to your eye, but it was so... Um, I don't know. It, 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 I had an emotional response and that's something that I think the show is doing a really good job at is setting Louis up to go through all of this shit so that when you do get to that ending big set piece, it makes so much sense. It draws you in. It's a very, um, cohesive part of the story and I don't know. I just I have an emotional response because even Lestat's offer to become a vampire in episode one was set up so well that when he accepted, it was like, of course he did. Look at all this shit he's been through. And so, oh, man, knowing he has Claudia, like, I'm interested because I don't remember anything about the movie. I don't remember anything about Claudia. I just know what I've seen in the trailer for the 2022 series. And I'm very excited to watch episode four to see what the fuck is really going on. So I don't know y'all. Uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention, Daniel, fuck you. So <laughs> when Daniel was interviewing Louis and he was talking about why, were well, you lying about this? You said, um, the stop was this back in the day, 30 years ago, but now you're saying this is this and that. And when Louis, very calmly opened up Daniel's book and read him a story about, and I'm not going to say this verbatim. I think it was Louis reading the words of Daniel. He was like, yes, I um just gave $30 to a guy named um, David or some shit who I never knew. And I had my daughter in the back seat in a car seat strapped into a seatbelt. And it wasn't until my editor read this, that he reminded me that I, uh, seatbelts weren't invented yet and my wife reminded me I never had a Buick he said this is the odyssey of recollection I was like ha! read him for motherfucking filth Louis team Louis over here like he was telling him like you you remember things differently you can remember a childhood event now and you can see it slightly differently than let's say when you were 15 years old, recalling that same event, you were closer to it. Shit was going on. You're now trying to immerse yourself in that memory that is so far removed because you have so many other memories you've made since that very exact second. Out. There we go. I'm team Louis cut that motherfucker down. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just end it here, y'all. Uh, cause what I thought was gonna be a short episode is now full length. So 
<laughs> Let me know what you guys think. Are you Team Louis? And if you're not, you better say yes. <laughs> How do we feel about Lestat? And I, I mean, honestly, truthfully, I want to know. I did post this question on uh, Twitter, not including the movie and not including Anne Rice's novels, looking specifically at this series and how it's presented, there are a lot of Lestat fans, and I'm not even like judging or hating. If you like them, you like them. But I would like to know if you are someone who is a Lestat fan, why? And it's not being funny. I truly want your answers regardless of what they are. I'll accept them, but I just want to know, like, what is it about Lestat after seeing him in this show would make you stand him? Um... And again this, again, this is coming from someone who loves villains. I love me a good Scar. I love me a good uh, Javar. I love me a good Maleficent. Like, I'm very much a fan of villains. So let me know, what what do you like about Lestat? What makes you stand him? So um, that being said, y'all, this has been Interview with the Vampire. Please use the hashtag IWTV pod when you're listening to this episode. Um... Hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Same thing on TikTok, Carefree Blurred. Everywhere else, Carefree Black Nerd. And if you have to email me, use carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Please put something in the subject line alluding to the content of the message. And until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And if you happen to enter into a relationship with a white vampire who is of a certain age and caliber, I don't know, make sure you get you your biracial daughter to make your family complete. <laughs> My Claudia. <laughs>